Blog Talk Radio. Greetings. Thank you for joining me, Sherry, on Live with Sherry, as we discuss today's episode, CMAX and Reverse Discrimination. As most of you who have been following me for the last almost eight years now, you know that every year we choose a company or corporation to which we present issues of policy, practices, and procedures to the general public. Some of them are based on information that becomes available to me through reading, through media, and or something that I've been directly associated with. And so with that being said, today we're going to be discussing the CMAX company, which is part of that five-part series, which represents the interest of those of you in the jobs category. Because it is very important for you to know that when you're applying to companies for employment opportunities, that you, in fact, are given a fair opportunity to not only make application, but to actually be considered as a viable candidate and be given the opportunity to attain gainful employment. CMAX Company is a cement giant company. They're known for ready-mix products, and they provide cement all over the world. They are headquartered in Mexico with U.S. operations and plants from Berkeley here in the state of Georgia, Forest Park, Clinchville, etc. Why is reverse discrimination important? It should be important to all of us. Many feel that as the founder of the African American Juvenile Justice Project, that for me to discuss a topic of reverse discrimination seems a little oxymoronic, and it's not. I've already received emails from individuals who are saying, you're going to talk about reverse discrimination, of course. And if you followed any of the shows that I've done over the last eight years, you will find that I have no respect or person. The foundation of the African American Juvenile Justice Project is accountability and responsibility, it's youth leadership, and it's legislative reform. And so part of that accountability and responsibility also requires us to analyze, review, and consider through a lens of fairness and justice. And part of that process is where you know or have reason to know that reverse discrimination exists, it would behoove me to discuss it. Equality, absent fairness, is not equality at all. So if I want to promote equality and I'm discussing fairness and we want for young African-American juveniles what our counterparts have, counterpart and responsible for the things that we are to do in terms of education, community involvement, parental involvement, rearing of our children, the role of the fathers in our lives. But equally so, we have to be able to examine through a different lens some of the factors or issues that have adversely affected us, what some call disparative impact. So when discriminatory practices have adversely affected us, we then have a responsibility to talk about how it can affect other groups. And we're going to be talking about that today as we discuss CMEX and reverse discrimination and their hiring and retention policies and procedures. We'll be back. We said we're going to be discussing CMAX and reverse discrimination. I highly recommend that you go back over the first two shows that we've done on CMAX, one as it pertains to shareholder derivative action, and the other, which is entitled, Is Drugs and Alcohol the New Ready Mix at CMAX? Because we're going to tie in this entire series in a little while, over the next coming weeks, and I think 
CMAX will probably get hit with a class action litigation for reverse discrimination. What is reverse discrimination? It is literally defined as a practice or a policy of favoring individuals belonging to groups known to have been discriminated against previously, what we would pretty much call a protected class or the minority. Easy said, if you're now favoring African-Americans or Latinos or women over white or Caucasian or Asian employees, as it were, then you are now engaged in reverse discrimination. Most of us during the 1970s, we all remember the impact of affirmative action and the quota system. And from colleges and universities in Michigan to Connecticut to Florida to California to corporations all across America, including Coca-Cola here in Atlanta, which was faced with a class action lawsuit many years ago, all were targeting these adverse practices, policies, and procedures that pain, reach, and or exceed the glass ceiling. And so now what we're finding in many companies is that the reverse is happening. So is it happening because companies would rather rear to the side of caution and just hire the African-Americans regardless of their experience or regardless of their backgrounds as opposed to qualified white applicants and to avoid litigating? Or do they believe that whites are less likely to bring a reverse discrimination lawsuit in a society that tends to believe it's a white man's world anyway? Or last, is it just that that's the direction they prefer to go? And could it be that in going that direction that they don't have to pay the, the salaries or the benefit packets that they would otherwise have to pay to young qualified white males or female applicants? So, is the practice or policy of favoring individuals who were once discriminated against fair? That's a question everyone should ask. I personally have been very, very vocal, personally and professionally, come to think of it, admittedly against affirmative action. I always say that. I catch a lot of flack behind it. I'm asked if I'm Republican. You're very conservative in views. And this is why I totally disagree with affirmative action, because you're basically saying that I only have to hire or admit into a college or university or into certain housing communities that are the subject of subsidized federal funding, a certain number of people. It is the quota system that adversely impacts people. So that if there are 50 applicants, can you simply say my quota only requires me to hire two blacks or quote-unquote minorities, as it's alleged, then those two minorities may not even tip the iceberg as it pertains to who is most qualified. And because you only have this quota of two out of 50, what does that say for the rest of the qualified applicants? That because you only have to meet this quota, the rest of that core group will never be able employment or admittance into a college or university? So that if you just had an open policy of may the best man or woman win. So that's the flip side of affirmative action. Now, there are many who are okay and they accept affirmative action because they believe at least it gets us in the door. No, because it doesn't say you have to hire blacks or a Latino or a woman. Rather, it uses a very vague term, when you think about it, that says minority. So who's the minority in that class, that protective class? A woman. 
so that if you only have a quota for two, two women, you don't necessarily have to bring in a Latino, an Asian, or an African-American. You just have to be able to say, I met the quota. We'll be back. Thank you for joining me on Live with Sherry as we discuss today's episode, CMAX, which trades under ADR or CX on the stock exchange. And today their stock was at $9.60. Just a word. I remember when I first started the first show, they were trading at $10.12. They went down to as low as like $9.40. And then they've been rallying between this nine fifty and nine dollars and sixty five cents give or take. So today they traded underneath the stock exchange at nine dollars and sixty cents and that's what they closed the market rate today. That being said, why is this important? I recently had the opportunity to look into an employment practice in Berkeley, California. And in the course of doing that they had a position that was available for hire for a truck driver. And that position required that the applicant who wished to serve as a truck driver could not have a DWI, DUI. And if he or she did, that individual would not have the opportunity to be employed or be considered to make application. Fast forward, when I did the first show, the emphasis was placed upon their international policies and procedures or marketing. Uh, that included some issues pertaining to the U.S., but it really was based on something that had happened in Africa and in North Europe. And so through that, I looked at CMAX operations in the U.K., which clearly advertises this zero drug and alcohol policy, this safe employment, what would be the best word to use, company? an employable company that has all of these mechanisms or measures in place to make sure that it's a drug-free or alcohol-free workplace, that they have this zero tolerance, which they boldly profess. And then I looked at the United States. And I said, huh, you people have African Americans who work for you who have DUIs, felony, and battery, and misdemeanor charges, and yet they're still employed. So how then do you have policies and procedures here in the United States, not saying they differ from the U.K., because we could expect that, but that differ from plant to plant, but you're still one corporation. So why do we have people in Georgia who have criminal convictions, not merely arrests, in one regard, they have an individual employee who's a supervisor in management capacity who was arrested, and the mugshot is a CMAX work shirt, and the person is still employed. And that is the new face of CMAX, African-American male with a criminal conviction who has served time in jail, who has a mugshot with a CMAX work shirt. Why are they still employed? Is it because they're African-American? Is it because of some special type of service that this person may or may not have committed to the company? Is it a favor that maybe somebody owes? Is it something that that person knows about the operations? And any other setting, you'll be terminated. Fast track, let's just look at what happened in the NFL. They became the face of domestic violence and child abuse. 
Ray Rice. Here's a man who was not operated within the course and scope of his employment at the time of his alleged altercation, for better use of words, with his wife. Well, now she's a wife. And he strikes her, allegedly, in an elevator. And she hits the elevator floor and is allegedly dragged off the elevator. The NFL is shocked, appalled, notwithstanding the marketing and the sponsorship and the money and following the paper trail for sponsorship, the NFL was very vocal about that. So much so that it's even though you were not operating in the course and scope of your employment, even though you were not even on the clock, your actions represent our company. And most of corporate America would agree, right? Same with the Peterson. You struck your son. There's no clause in there in the NFL or the NBA, come to think of it, or Major League Baseball, that says private domesticated matters that subject you to termination. But there are just some things that warrant a sense of social responsibility that says, you know what, we cannot keep you with this company. So is it a discriminatory practice that an African-American male who is arrested and then later convicted and sentenced, who at the time of arrest was wearing a CMAX shirt in his mugshot, should still be employed with that company? Is it discriminatory practices to have this individual as the face of CMAX when you're telling everyone else, particularly young white males, that they're not eligible for employment, from Berkeley, California to Georgia, even in a capacity as a truck driver, if they have a DUI conviction. And if you were to say that these are new policies and procedures, I would say you're a liar, C-Max, because there's documentation to substantiate that you've had this zero-tolerance policy in your U.S. operations and plan well before that individual was arrested. And then there are others. So I am the first to say, as those of you are aware of my expungement programs and the fact that we fight for individuals to attain a second chance, as it were, so don't mix the issues up here. Don't say, how do you go from wanting us to give individuals a second chance, to delete the box, if you will, that we have any information about your prior criminal history. That's not the topic here. The topic here is one of reverse discrimination. And as the Georgians like to say, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. It's good for the goose. It's good for the gander. And so if this individual and these other individuals have arrest and convictions, and the core group of all of these individuals of African American, why are they still employed with the company? Especially when one or four of them have arrest and convictions either going to work or leaving from work, which would suggest you're going to work under the influence or that you're leaving work under the influence. And with a blood alcohol of .162, it's almost several times the body weight. And at that particular time of the morning, are you going in at that time of the morning? Why did you have your uniform on? We'll be back. Thank you for joining me, 
Sherry Jefferson on Live with Sherry as we discuss today's episode, CMAX and Reverse Discrimination. I think it is worth noting that I personally called and presented this episode to CMAX CEO and officials as follows. Paul H. Watson, Jr., out of the Texas office, through his direct line and in direct email, which is khwatson at cmaxusa.com, as well as to Corporate General Counsel Mike Egan, Egan at cmaxusa.com, along with Operations Chief Frank Craddock, if I'm pronouncing his last name correct, C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K, along with their other legal team. So they've been presented with this episode and given an opportunity to, to discuss, to share, to join the conversation. To that, I have also been a victim of what I perceive to be retaliatory acts by CMAX because of my shows that I did that pre, pre prior to this show. And so I believe that part of what they're attempting to do is no different than what Kaplan attempted to do. And you see what that did to me. It just made me more eager to do the shows, put the information out there, and let the chips fall where they may, because I'm not going to be bullied, not even by a corporate giant like CMAX, who trade in at like nine bucks. And if you look at the history of their stock over the last 36 months, it's just declining. So I'm often compelled to ask myself, is it surviving because of stocks being traded or someone inside just buying, I don't know. I really don't know. I watch how and when the stock seems to rally, and it is very interesting as to when and how it rallies and what the subject matters are at the time and what Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal and Rock Hill and the rest of them are discussing about them. So, you know, you just never know. If a stock has to stay at 960, give or take, for several days, that's something worth considering. That being said, the reverse discrimination is very important because even if we are advocating for equality in the workplace and justice for all people, the all people include as many whites and Caucasians, if you will, Caucasians, as it would anyone else. I'm a northerner. We used to say Caucasians in the south. They say white. So out of respect, I like to just sort of use the term interchangeably, but I prefer the term Caucasian. And so... I, as the founder of the African American Juvenile Justice Project, why I adamantly support hiring individuals who have made misjudgments in their past. I have great concern when a corporation is refusing to hire people based on their past, but at the same time has chosen to retain employment of a core group of individuals who represent a specific race or group, as it were, and then say to everyone else, you're not employable. So if you are advertising that I'm not interested, I will not hire, the qualification is no DWI, no DUI, then why do you have these other people still employed? What is your excuse for that? It's really true. Where the individual is arrested, I mean, there's a host of others, but the one that stands out the most is just a mugshot in a C-Max uniform. How degrading is that? So I chose the job category, of course, for the right reasons, 
the same way when I did the Kaplan show, I chose the legal, because then we got a whole bunch of lawyers interested in class action litigation on board. So as part of the ability to establish a pattern and a practice, you're in the job category now in this show so that you can go out there and apply to CMAX if you have a criminal record. Let's see if they hire you. Apply to any position, particularly if you're a Caucasian male with a criminal record, and particularly management and supervisory, and see if they hire you. And if they don't, let's see why they don't. And if enough of you are applying, then it will probably give us the statistics that we need to substantiate this great concern of reverse discrimination. One that I have already presented to EEOC and a way to request an investigation into this pattern and practice and policy. But moreover, to be able for them to give me literature through the Freedom of Information Act, Jenny Yang, so that we can have this information to compare and contrast to other corporate entities who have been accused of or have engaged in reverse discrimination, and let's just see what the findings are. Reverse discrimination is not simply limited to this policy and practice as it pertains to the issues I've already mentioned, but like, let's say if you're hiring or promoting in favor of minorities, despite their education or their experience. Now, we did backgrounds, and the individuals who have criminal records, none of them have college degrees but you're in management positions. How did that happen? In a company that requires a degree position, okay? Most management positions and CMAX requires a degree. I guess this person didn't have to have one. The other five or six didn't have to have one. So that starts to add up. How many individuals who either have no college or no degree at all, but they're in a position of individuals who have attained a college background? Okay, so that's the other concern. So you don't just have someone who's now the subject of, or core group that's the subject of favoritism based on the fact that you've got this many African-American males who have criminal records who are gainfully employed by CMAX compared and contrast to their advertisement of they're not seeking or don't make application if you have a record, but you have that same core group who lacks the education that they still have the position. Reverse discrimination is not just limited to these core group of African-American males versus their white counterparts, if you will, but equally the hiring practices for the women in the company at a time when you're not supposed to be fraternizing, at a time when everyone says it's not supposed to be any nepotism. But you've got nepotism all over CMAX. You've got all these siblings hired in a company so that if you're hiring your siblings and your relatives and you're excluding other qualified applicants, that's nepotism. And if the same core groups that are doing this also happen to have criminal records and also happen not to have the degrees, that's a problem from Berkeley, California to Georgia. Equally, this is no different than if a college or university has rejected an applicant of Caucasian race just so that they could say that they have minorities employed. It's wrong. It's just wrong. It goes back to the problem of affirmative action, a quota system that has an adverse 
impact on everybody in the long run. It's like CMAX has said, we're going to do it this way to protect ourselves, but in doing this, who do we harm? Are we harming Caucasian qualified applicants? And although you may say that we have this percentage of African-American male employees per capita, if you will, or based on this particular populace, not for the Forest Park, Georgia office, or the Clinchfield, Georgia office, or your Houston office, or your Connecticut office. You've got a problem. You've got a problem, CMAX, and it's going to cause you to face a reverse discrimination class action lawsuit. Under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the plaintiff carries the burden of um, proving an actual discrimination based on race or sex. And some of the things that you would look to to be able to substantiate this if you're going to take this challenge, if you will, of applying for the jobs, any and all of them, or conducting your own investigation, going to your own respective cities and states where CMAX is there, and then count the number of employees, and then if you have the ability, look into those who have criminal backgrounds. And you may also come across a couple who was arrested in a CMAX uniform. A photo, by the way, that Carl Watson and Mike Egan have, along with Frank. They have this in their possession. So if you have this and you know this, and you have all these other variables of nepotism, which basically says I'm going to hire relatives regardless of his or her professional and educational background because they are my relatives. It's a problem. And that individual and or individuals will disregard other qualified applicants because they're only focused on bringing in family and bringing in friends. How many companies do you know in the United States that has five to ten relatives working in the same company, in the same location? Not AT&T. Not Coca-Cola. Not TJ Maxx. Not Walmart. I mean, not U.S. Foods. So when you see that, a pattern and a practice for an investigation into the who, what, when, where's, and why. Because here's the other problem with nepotism. Hear no evil, see no evil. I'm not going to see what you're doing wrong. I'm not going to see what you're doing wrong. And therefore, I don't necessarily know whether you're actually successfully performing your job. And for purposes of being a shareholder, you don't actually know what a company like CMAX, if the output and the quality and the production, if you will, of cement and ready-mixed products is what you want because who's going to tell you otherwise? Who's going to tell you otherwise if everybody's family? Nobody's going to tell you anything. Nobody's going to drop on each other. So if you believe that you are a victim, one of the things you can do in addition to going to an employment attorney is to go to EEOC and start giving the data for your particular locale, your state, where CMAX is located, because that's what we're doing. We're getting data from Texas and Connecticut. We've got data from the Georgia, California, and we truly believe that there's going to be enough evidence available to substantiate reverse discriminatory practices, 
practices of nepotism, among a host of other issues. So thank you for joining me, Attorney Sherry Jefferson, on Blog Talk Radio. And I encourage you to also research Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and look at what a protective class is, what employees who receive more favorable treatment than a plaintiff, understanding the information that you're going to need to have. It's not a difficult task. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. It is all about the numbers. Thank you for joining me today on BTR, Block Talk Radio. We'll meet and talk soon.